Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, a certain woman, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, again, we come to your word humbly, asking you to speak to us by your Holy Spirit. We ask you to enlighten our minds and our hearts, Lord, toward you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, believe it or not, this gospel passage, when I have preached on it in the past, has been met with more resistance than any other gospel passage that I have preached on. And that really surprised me because it's a quite a simple message uh, from Jesus. And when any, anyone has a problem uh, with it, uh, it seems they have a problem with what Jesus said. I'm just a messenger, and the people with the problem usually misinterpret uh, what was said. Um, but they seem to be saying to me, I'm a Martha, and you are saying that Marthas are not good. Well, I never said such a thing. Marthas are wonderful. And, and, but that's what I'll preface this uh, sermon by saying uh, today so that I don't get in trouble. So here we go. So now um, I'm just back from visiting my family uh, a week ago and uh, in a home that I grew up in. And I think part of the irritation with this passage is that some people see it in light of their own family's dynamics, uh, which uh, for many of us bring up some memories of conflict. And we might read into this a little conflict between uh, Martha and Mary. Uh, and uh, you know, it, these things are complicated. And being together with many guests as they were, uh, in the situation of the gospel passage makes, uh, makes things more stressful and more complicated. There's pressure uh, that is on that is uh, more than normal. So let's look at this passage in verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a village, a certain village. Jesus entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So Jesus came to this town, probably Bethany, and Jesus is the most popular person around at this time. He's, he's a teacher healer, and at this point in Luke's gospel, Jesus had already cast out many demons and healed many diseases of people all over Galilee. He even had raised two dead children already and restored them to their parents. And this went along with his teaching. He also did miracles. He did the miracle helping Simon and his partners catch that great number of fish when he called them to follow him. He had stilled a violent storm at sea with a word. 
And he had fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. So people had come from every town in Galilee and Judea to see Jesus, even leaders from Jerusalem. And the places where he had spoken were packed, and that's pretty impressive. And people were speculating that Jesus was the Messiah of Israel. So now he, he no doubt he has this whole, this whole entourage with him, his disciples, young men and, and women that were following him and supporting him, and others that are also always gathered around, uh, almost like paparazzi today or whatever they call them. Um, so it's even more complicated than, than the family picture. And Martha had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 30, that was verse 39, verse 40. But Martha was dis distracted with much serving. She was distracted from, from Jesus by serving Jesus and his disciples uh, too much, it seems. Now, <clears throat> I suppose that Mary was the younger sister, and we don't know the dynamics or circumstances of, of why it was Martha's home, but I imagine that she was probably married and Mary was not. And I imagine that she may have even recruited Mary to help uh, her prepare the place and to serve the guests when they arrived. Now, my mom has run a bed and breakfast for many years, and I have two sisters, and I, I've seen how those things go. And, of course, again, this is, this is someone very special with Jesus and the crowd, so it's much more complicated. And it was Mary's intention, I'm sure, to serve as well. But she meets Jesus, and who knows, maybe it's for the first time, and she is immediately captivated by him. In fact, meeting Jesus changes Mary's life forever. Her whole purpose of life, her whole perspective is new. She is changed by meeting Jesus. She is immediately Jesus' disciple. You might say she's obsessed by him. Mary sees Jesus, Martha, sorry, Martha, also sees Jesus as special too, don't get me wrong, but not like Mary. Mary, as I said, is captivated by Jesus. She no longer cares what Martha or anyone else thinks or says to her. She only cares about Jesus. She has left her sister and neglected her service and joined the fray of disciples sitting at Jesus' feet to take in all that Jesus offered. Now, of course, that would be viewed as wrong if Mary had made a commitment to Martha to serve alongside of her. And even as the younger sister, that would be culturally expected of her to do, even if she hadn't made a commitment. And we don't know, but maybe Mary even has um, some presumptuous attitude toward Martha, thinking that she can handle it on her own, and, and Martha, and so Martha approaches Jesus. 
She's rather indignant. And she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Martha is, is doing a lot there in saying what she did to Jesus. She's despising her sister for abandoning her and leaving her with double the work. And she is likely also resenting the fact that she cannot sit and listen to Jesus. And even less so now that Mary is not cooperating and sharing the burden with her. But Martha, understand, is also criticizing Jesus. True, Martha is working harder than ever and is not feeling appreciated. That is, no one is acknowledging her work. And Mary is not serving as Martha had expected and as Mary may have committed. But Martha is not just coming down on Mary here. She is coming down on Jesus. She is criticizing Jesus for not caring for her and not correcting her sister. She is also telling Jesus what he in her mind should be doing. She is demanding that Jesus do what she deems is best. And in doing so, we can see that Martha does have a problem. She does not believe that Jesus is as knowledgeable as her in this situation. In other words, if he's not as knowledgeable as, as her, he's not God. Why does Martha not see Jesus in all that he is, even as her sister sees him? Well, because verse 30, 40 states that she was distracted by much service. She was distracted by too much service. And service, of course, is good. Service is a God-given gift. But when you are distracted from Jesus by too much service, that crosses a line. And whenever it makes you look down on others, or whenever your motive in service includes being acknowledged by others, then you have crossed that same line. Even when you find your self-worth by service, you have crossed the line. You need to get back to sitting at Jesus' feet and finding your self-worth there, like Mary. Verse 41, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So instead of doing what Martha had demanded of Jesus, and expressing exasperation with Mary, Jesus does the opposite. Jesus expresses exasperation with Martha. Martha, Martha. In other words, will you ever learn? He goes on, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. In other words, you are worried and troubled about many things when you don't have to be. In her mind, she had to be. Who was going to feed everyone if she did not? Who was going to wash the dishes? 
who is going to clean up, who is going to look after the bathroom or outhouse or chamber pot, whatever it was, someone had to do it. Who is going to serve, cook and serve all the food? She had designated herself and her sister to doing that because those tasks had to be done from her house. That was what would be expected of her and her sister as hosts by everyone else, everyone but Jesus. Did she ask him what he had expected of her? I think she should have. Of course, she presumed that Jesus would expect of her the same as everyone else did. And so her question to him, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. But Jesus, of course, is not like everyone else. Jesus is different. Jesus is holy. Even today, we cannot presume what Jesus expects of us, especially with regards to those uh, around us. We have his commands from his Sermon on the Mount, and they are different than what most people think and expect. And Jesus said in that sermon, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Matthew 6.33. Do we believe him or not? Do we think like Martha that we know better than Jesus? Are we sometimes critical of him because we think we know better? Do we make demands of Jesus sometimes even to reprimand others? Where is our faith when we are being overwhelmed by worries and distracted from Jesus. I'm quite sure if we are listening to him, we will hear the same thing that he told Martha in those times. You are worried and troubled about too many things, but one thing is needed. One thing is needed to sit at Jesus' feet, to get your eyes off of everyone and everything else that's troubling you. Stop thinking about what would be culturally acceptable and concentrate on Jesus and on what he is saying to you. For sure, when you do that, it will ruffle some feathers of those who are around you. But Jesus will deal with them, and we must let him. He won't deal with them as much and as often if we get in the way. He may be hindering Jesus' work in others by serving. You know, as good Protestants, we put a great deal of emphasis on service. Hard work and service are good things. And people our age that went through hard times and had to work by the sweat of their brow to make ends meet tend to feel good about themselves doing work and service. I do even for Christ. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course. But don't forget what our Lord told the church of Ephesus, who had been faithful in their labor for him. He said, nevertheless, I have this against you, 
that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Again, what were the first works? I think they are sitting at Jesus' feet in love and in adoration of him, like Mary, receiving all that he has and worshiping him before we go out into service, telling him how much we love him. The church of Ephesus, as faithful as they were in service, had left that love to serve Jesus, and they hadn't returned to be refilled again. And that's the problem. We forget that that is what is necessary. So let's repent if we have done the same and return and love much. Lately, I've been in a season of spiritual warfare, probably the hardest warfare that I've seen since I left the Anglican Church of Canada 15 years ago. And it's hard, but it's been good. It's drawing me closer to Christ. And I'm convinced that God sends us through some rough times now and then to wake us up, to wake us up from the worries of the frivolous things in this world that are distracting us to concentrate on him again and to depend on him dearly. It's easier for me to stay close to the Lord in tough times than when things are going easy. When things are light and prosperous, that's when I often find myself focused on worldly affairs too much. And I want to learn to focus on Jesus even in the good times. To be like Mary, I want always to do Jesus' will and sit at his feet and not worry about other things and what other people think, only what Jesus thinks. Let's pray. Lord God, we fall back so, so many times, Lord. This world is, seems to grab our attention, Lord, and um, all the things that we worry about, Lord, before we worship you, Lord. And I know we, Lord, you call us to that, to service, but not until we've sat at your feet, Lord, not until you've filled us. Lord, for the service, for the work that we have to do, we need to get everything from you, Lord. And we constantly fall back on ourselves and we constantly fail, Lord. So I pray for myself, Lord, that again, Lord, uh, thank you for, for um, making me depend on you again, Lord. But help me always, in, even in the good times, to remember to sit at your feet, to worship and adore you, to share my love for you and receive all the love you have for me. And I pray that for each of these parishioners too. In Jesus' name, your servants, amen.